Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. In both Isaiah chapter 42 and chapter 49, Christ, the servant of Jehovah, is presented as a covenant and as a light to the people. A covenant and a light. Why are these two linked? And are they linked in other passages of the Bible? Well, stay with us today for this Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. And with us for another one of these enlightening, enjoyable programs from Isaiah is Ron Kangas. Ron, welcome back to the program. It's good to be back, and I've been reflecting upon the content of this particular program. Brother Lee opens that message by saying that he was burdened to give a further word on something he had already spoken on a previous chapter in Isaiah that mentions the same two things, Christ being a covenant and Christ being light. And that is what lies before us in this program, to get into the significance of the word covenant And in what sense is Christ himself a covenant? And then light. Christ is light. But we will see that light in the spiritual realm and in spiritual experience does not exist by itself. It is essentially related to another crucial word we will see as we get into this program. Ron, one well-accepted principle of studying the Bible is that when the Bible repeats itself, it generally means that a particular emphasis is placed on that topic. We have a very good example of this on today's program. There are two parallel passages found in Isaiah. Chapter 42, verse 6 says, I am Jehovah, and I have given you as a covenant for the people, as a light for the nations. And then a few chapters later, in chapter 49, verse 6 says, I will also set you as a light of the nations, that you may be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. And then in verse 8, And I will preserve you and give you for a covenant of the people. Ron, these passages are remarkably similar. So I guess we would do well to give this matter some careful and thorough consideration, wouldn't we? We should. God himself does. Let's join Witness Lee with this marvelous life study. Christ as our covenant. And Christ as our light. Christ as our covenant to 
take care of God's righteousness and Christ as our light to release God's life into us. We have Christ as our covenant. We have no problem with God's righteousness. And we have also Christ as our light. We are so raised in the divine life. Based upon the righteousness of God and in the life of God, we enjoy God as our inheritance and we enjoy Him under the righteousness and in the life of God. So, this is in totality God's full salvation to us. The entire Bible, 66 books, reveal to us a lot of things. When you put all the things embodied together as one entity, that is New Jerusalem. The Bible just shows us a New Jerusalem. Will you be there? Amen. If not, you'll be in the lake. There is a state of water. And there is also a lake of fire. Where are you? Where will you be? In the state of water or in the lake of fire? Where Moses will be? Where Judas will be? Where Antichrist will be? Where Nebuchadnezzar will be? Where David will be? Where Apostle Paul will be? Could you see? The New Jerusalem is just a total composition of the entire revelation of the Bible. Then what is the contents? What is within the New Jerusalem? Well, just a river of life flowing from the top to the bottom to reach all the twelve gates. And that flowing of the river of life saturates the entire city. And within that river of life grows the tree of life. Life, life. River of life flowing. And the tree of life growing as a vine along the two sides, two banks of the river to supply all the seed. This indicates that the entire New Jerusalem is just a matter of life, built upon the foundation of righteousness. Righteousness is the base, the foundation, and life is the consummation. Well, Ron, we've seen these two items are very clearly and very closely linked. Christ as a covenant is for righteousness, and Christ as the light is for life. But we went a bit further in this portion, even to see that ultimately the key issue or result is the new Jerusalem. I think we have to ask you to develop this tremendous progression, Ron. There's just so much here. Okay, this is not easy, but I think we can make a contribution. Psalm eighty-nine, fourteen says... Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. God is bound by his nature. Everything he does 
is righteous. And a covenant, in order to be properly applied, must be done in righteousness. In order for God to fulfill his desire to impart himself into us as life, the problem of our sins and everything unrighteous must be dealt with. God cannot this love and give grace without first affirming his righteousness. In Luke 15, the prodigal son came home because he was starving. He wanted something to eat. But the father did not first say, Slay the fattened calf. Let us feast. He put the best robe on him. That robe signifies Christ as our righteousness. That's the foundation of our entire Christian life. It's unshakable. Then based on that, according to Romans 5.10, much more we shall be saved in his life. Now we come to the New Jerusalem and the description of the city, which is a sign, a spiritual symbol, devotes attention to the twelve foundations. And on the twelve layers of foundation, there are twelve kinds of precious stones. And these precious stones, when examined, have the appearance of a rainbow. And we know from Genesis, after the flood, that a rainbow was placed in the sky as a sign of God's faithfulness to his word that never again will the earth be destroyed by water. So the foundations are related to faithfulness, but there is no faithfulness without righteousness. If a human being is not righteous, then how can he be faithful? So righteousness is implied here and is the foundation of the city. Now we turn to light. The city is full of light. God himself is the light. He's the shining God. But with light, there is life. Now we need to point out something very real in the scriptures, that regarding light and life, there is a cycle. On the one hand, in John 1, verse 4, we read this, In him the word was life, and the life was the light of men. But in Genesis 1, God first said, Let there be light. Then life followed. So the same thing is a cycle. The more life, the more light. But the more light, the more life. And actually, as exemplified by Paul's own salvation experience, we began our life with the Lord by light. 
Paul saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun. He met the Lord as light. So, with the new Jerusalem, we have righteousness as the foundation. We have light shining through the city, being diffused by the city. But this light brings in the river of water of life. It brings in the tree of life. It brings the eternal life supply. So the new Jerusalem is the consummation of the New Testament, the new covenant, and it is the complete fulfillment of Christ being the covenant to us, Christ being light to us, and the eternal consummation of this will be the bride, the wife of the Lamb, signified by the holy city, New Jerusalem, having the glory of God. Wonderful, wonderful, Ron. This relationship that you mentioned um, between light and life is a wonderful cycle. We're going to see this cycle unfolded and developed in the coming section. Let's join Witnessly once more. What is God's for salvation? That is Christ as the covenant plus Christ as the light. Christ as the covenant is the foundation of God's salvation. Then Christ at the light is just to fulfill, to carry out God's salvation, to consummate God's salvation in life. So you add these two things together, Christ as covenant and Christ as light, together you get God's full salvation. Okay, this light issues in Christ as the divine life to us. John says, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. In 1 John chapter 1 says, we preach to you the life that you may have fellowship with God. If you do, then you have the light. And that means life issues in light. With a sinner, the first thing coming, not life, but light. When we heard the preaching of the gospel, that's light. Light came to us shine over us, then we receive this light, this light issues in life. Amen. Then we've got regeneration. After all, regeneration, light comes out of life. First light, then we got life. Then we live by this life, and this life issues light. First John doesn't mean before we were regenerated. First John says, what first John says means that was, that is after we were generated, regenerated. We were regenerated that we may have the life. Then if we live by this life, we will have light. The light of this light becomes God's salvation in his righteousness. Yes, it is life to consummate God's salvation. Yet, still needs a foundation. What is the foundation? What is the base of God's salvation? That's righteousness. 
Well, Ron, we have a very experiential cycle presented here involving light and life. And the result of this cycle is that we are ushered into what Witness Lee describes as God's full salvation. I'd like to ask you what is meant by this term, full salvation, as compared to the common or usual understanding of being saved. The common understanding is we are saved from God's judgment, we're saved from the lake of fire, we will be with the Lord and with the ones we love for eternity. That's not wrong, but it's, at most, elementary. In Acts 16, when Paul and Silas are in prison and an earthquake came and the jailer cries out, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So he experienced eternal salvation. Paul proclaimed that. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the book of Romans doesn't end with chapter 5, verse 9. It doesn't stop with righteousness and justification. In 5.10, Paul says, We who have been reconciled to God, much more we shall be saved in his life. Please consider these words. Much more. What? We shall be saved in his life. Then from that point on to the end of the epistle, Paul will bring to light matters from which we need to be saved, from indwelling sin, from the world, from loving the world, from the self, from the natural life, from divisiveness, from being under the control of the enemy in a practical way. There is much more to salvation than what the jailer experienced as recorded in Acts 16. Yes, there's eternal salvation. It's irrevocable. It's secure. It cannot be lost. But that's only the beginning, because simultaneous with our initial salvation is our regeneration. We are born of God, born of the Spirit. We are children of God. The Spirit witnesses with our spirit, Romans 8.16 says, that we are children of God. It's so obvious as we consider human life An infant should grow. A child should grow. We should grow to maturity. And this requires full salvation, the complete salvation in life that Paul refers to in Romans 5.10. It is the much more we shall be saved in his life. The much more equals full This is for all the believers. We all need full salvation. We need to be saved in his life. Much more we shall be saved in his life. Let's study the word again. Let's seek the Lord further to experience full salvation. Ron, let's stay on this a bit longer. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. 
Now we come to the way. The way to receive. That means how to receive and enjoy such a full salvation of God. The way is to exercise our spirit. Turn to Isaiah 42. Firstly, he declared, he gave us a spirit. Christ as a covenant and Christ as a light. These are the food you take. By what organ? By the stomach. What is your spiritual stomach? That's your spirit. So, the way is to exercise our spirit, to live according to our spirit, and to remain in our spirit. With the spirit is the very Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Christ is here. So you have to exercise your spirit. You have to live according to your spirit. You have to remain your spirit. Try to practice this. Every day I practice this. Firstly, to exercise my spirit. By what way? No other way to call. Oh, Lord Jesus. You try. No other way. You have to call. Don't meditate. Just call him for 10 minutes. See where you will be. You will not be in Yellowstone Park, neither Yosemite. You will be in the third heavens. And this means you will be in your spirit. Today, your spirit is just your third heaven. Here, you just meet him. So, you walk, you live, you have your being according to this spirit. You have to live according to this spirit and to remain in your spirit. We need to remain in the spirit continuously. Firstly, to call on him, to exercise our spirit, then to live according to our spirit, and then remain in our spirit. I give you Isaiah 12, 3 and 4. Isaiah in 12 tells us there is a salvation. And the salvation is full of springs. Amen. We have to draw water from this salvation. Amen. By what way? By praising Jehovah and calling upon his name. Amen. Now we can see God's full salvation is just constituted with Christ as the covenant and as the light. And this is the full salvation here with this full salvation, full of springs. We have to learn to come to draw water out of these springs. By what? By calling on his name. This hundred percent corresponds with the New Testament teaching. All Jesus' followers are called the callers. This is the way to enjoy him as our covenant and as a light that we may enjoy God's full salvation. Well, Ron, now we've come to something very practical, the way, or a way at least, or the means for all of God's seeking ones to be brought into this realm of enjoying and experiencing God's full salvation. I love the connection here to this portion in Isaiah chapter 12 with the wells or the springs of salvation. Ron, tell us from your experience how we can draw this living water. 
The truth in the Bible is profound, but the life practice is simple. That's why in the Gospel of John, the Lord presents himself as bread. We need to eat the bread. He presents himself as the water of life. We need to drink the water. So we need to turn our heart to the Lord open our being to the Lord, and exercise our spirit to contact the Lord by opening our mouth, and now we come to Isaiah 12, by calling on him. Then with joy we will draw water out of the wells of salvation. Call upon him. Declare his name. Proclaim how wonderful he is. It's really very simple. Our whole being is involved. Our mind is involved, receiving spiritual understanding. But you don't get nourishment from memorizing a recipe or for just musing upon a menu. You get nourishment by taking in the food. Your thirst is quenched by drinking in water. So Christ is all of this to us in the word and in his name. We simply call on the person, Lord Jesus, I need you. Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I open my being to you. The truth is profound. The way to experience is simple. Let's just open our spirit, open our heart, open our Mind by opening our mouth and calling, Lord Jesus, O Lord Jesus, I welcome you as my life and life supply. Well, Ron, I know that uh, you and I both practice this daily, and I think together we would invite all of our listeners to do so as well, to call upon the name of the Lord from the depths of your being and touch this living water flowing from the fountain of life. Great to have you with us as always, Ron. And especially, it's great to have you, our listeners, with us. That's why we're here. If you've enjoyed this program or have questions uh, or any comments, just contact us. We have a toll-free number. It's 888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. We also have an email address, radio at lsm.org. And from the lsm.org website, if you click on radio, it'll take you to our radio page where you can download or stream any of our past broadcasts. So we invite you to take advantage of all of this, and we certainly invite you back for our next program. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 
That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.